0: Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins and I'm delighted to be joined today by Alex Romanovich. Alex, you're very welcome to the podcast. Let's begin by asking you to tell us a little bit about your journey and all the work that you're involved in. So over to you, Alex.
1: Simon, thank you very much for having me and uh, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Um, my journey began in technology, of all the places. I started as a developer uh, working for IBM straight out of college. And then uh, three years after being a developer and um, uh, software programmer, I decided that I wanted to get back into the field and uh, out of the lab. I decided that the dynasty of engineers in my family is gonna be broken by, by me by switching over to sales and marketing. So uh, I um, moved. And I embraced thinking that sales and marketing is going to be very, very easy, because those sales and marketing people—they, um, you know—all they do is they talk all day long, and they go to conferences, have uh, dinners in fancy places, and us techies have to sit and grind all day long. Well, uh, I was very unpleasantly surprised. The work that's involved, the research, the customer interaction, the relationship building part all of those things are so much more difficult. Um, so my journey continued through a variety of uh, number number of different companies in the industry. Um, I ended up um, working for uh, more technology companies. I ended up in the advertising uh, space. I ended up working for a media conglomerate, a company like Bertelsmann, and stayed with tech obviously throughout my entire career. And uh, finally, in 2009, I opened my own agency on Madison Avenue called Social to Be. And then uh, in to, uh, 2019, I um, sold it. I uh, got out of it. And 2019 actually was a very interesting year because it was a. it's as if somebody from above was telling me, Alex, get rid of all the assets. 2020 is going to be really interesting. So at that time, I was involved with a software company. I got out of that. I, um, uh, as you know, the chief marketing officers club that we both belong to was sold to salesforce.com. So that was an interesting milestone as well. I was uh, very much involved with the CMO club since the very beginning. And um, the agency was sold as well. And the investment that I made into a video platform called Viosk was sold as well. We got out of it as well. So coming into 2020 and sitting on my spot with COVID, and wondering what's going to happen next, I um, was rethinking my entire career. I was thinking of what to do next. And I um, uh, decided to get into business management and marketing consulting, a company called Global Edge Markets. I decided, like yourself, to record some uh, podcasts and um, went out to global entrepreneurs that I know in my, in my vast network, including some of the CMOs and uh, kind of refreshed my entire career and really enjoying it right now. I've uh, continued to travel after COVID. I've traveled to 65 plus countries worldwide. I've done business in at least 10 of them. And um, I continue on my journey of helping entrepreneurs, investors, corporate mavericks, product managers to accelerate their path to success, to accelerate their path to, to the future and innovations.
0: That That's a wonderful uh, journey and what a great introduction Alex thanks so much for taking us through that and I really like the start where you said you know the engineering sort of legacy uh, that you were in and the bright lights of sales and marketing and conferences and dinners and all that you know um, sort of glamour and then the reality hits doesn't it when you realize absolutely it's a absolutely true. yes absolutely yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the work that you're doing at the moment, because I know, you know, in sort of a management consultancy capacity, whether you're working with a big enterprise or whether you're working with a startup that's looking to scale or go international, you have an awful lot of international experience. You have an awful lot of commercial experience. uh, And you mentioned 65 countries, for example. So coming through a pandemic, like the whole world has one way or the other, um, some better than others, some industries better than others. There doesn't seem to be um, another time, at least in, in my lifetime, where businesses need a little bit of help and a little bit of guidance and a little bit of expertise and strategic thinking to help them grow and scale. And I'm saying that, Alex, because it from the outside looking in, business seems to fundamentally change the way we work, the future of work, remote working, selling internationally, you know, working across borders and across cultures. Have you seen this firsthand, sort of pre and post pandemic? Is it as different and as, as as contrasting as I'm making out, or is it is business still business, and there's still some fundamentals that you that you advise on?
1: A great question, by the way. And um, I think fundamentally, we're changing the way the business is being conducted. Obviously, there are pockets. Uh, there are many, many pockets of traditional. Ways of doing business, but I think with covid and many other disruptions did, including the war in Europe in Ukraine, including um, digital transformation um, uh, disruptions that displaced a lot of folks as well and including the latest rounds of layoffs and the looming recession and the uh, the um, the fear of um, of um of industries uh, becoming more stagnant and so forth. But I think all of this is um, coming out with a, um, with a very interesting model of work, of uh, assignments. The word fractional is becoming uh, very common these days, right? As you know, a lot of our comrades, uh, chief marketing officers and chief digital officers, are now on um, you know, considering fractional work. Um, and the executive search industry is also changing quite a bit, and recruiting industry is changing quite a bit because of that. And companies are, are you know, they're struggling with the right approach at the moment. The especially the larger organizations, for example, I'm in Manhattan, and where um, the uh, buildings are still uh, half empty, um, uh, we're moving. Uh, it, it seems like the entire workforce that is that used to sit in buildings and uh, congregate on floors and, uh, you know, in cubicle spaces are now congregating on Zoom and only coming into the office for twice, you know, two, three times a week uh, for some face-to-face interactions. So it's kind of interesting. Um, The future, I think, is going to be also very interesting in the sense that I think we're going to be looked upon not as a job description by the employees, those who are going to be employed for corporations and companies. But we're going to be probably looked upon as um, different pockets of skill sets and capabilities, where you know, the crowdsourcing model is going to become alive in the sense that Simon and Alex are going to be looked upon as, okay, these folks are capable of doing certain things, and that's what we're going to hire them for. Uh, for a particular project, we're going to allocate certain tasks and certain time and certain uh, budget, and off they go. Right. So it will be interesting to see how, um, you know, how it will uh, kind of pan out um, in terms of employment, in terms of um, technologies that are, are going to be at our fingertips. Artificial intelligence, obviously, you know, is kind of revolutionizing or beginning to revolutionize certain marketing segments, even content development, content expansion, uh, content distribution. Uh, Chad GPT just announced a version four that's come out that will come out tomorrow that will include video and will include trillions and trillions of uh, elements and components that uh, will be at the fingertips of many users. So it'll be interesting to see how that's going to develop, but that's going to develop extremely fast. So we are on the um on the edge, and that's why actually I called the company Global Edge Markets. We're on the edge of many, many changes that will be taking place in the next few years, very short years.
0: Thanks so much for the insight, Alex. That's you know very interesting the way you've you've sort of phrased some of that because At the time of recording, I'm not sure exactly when this episode will air, but at the time of recording, you know, Silicon Valley Bank is the latest sort of headline, right? It's probably the biggest banking failure since the global financial crisis. And since then, we've had a pandemic. Yeah. And as you say, you know, war in Europe, et cetera, et cetera. So... There's a lot of tech layoffs. You're in Manhattan. You're looking around. The, the floors are nowhere near as full to capacity as they used to be. You know, people, I know businesses that are redeveloping the workspace, changing it completely in terms of the way that they're operating. People are going into the office less, as you say. That's That's spot on. And we've even seen a lot of real estate building being moved from commercial into more residential type yeah. homes and hubs and different ways of living and thinking about work. Um, The other thing I wanted to say, if I can, just going back to what you were saying earlier, you seem to have had uh, foresight, look, I'm not sure what it was, to get out of certain things as well before things sort of hit, which is always nice to have, you know. Um, I've been on both a fortunate end and a bad end at various stages of the years, you know, there's ups and downs to everything. But um, when it comes to working with companies today, given everything that you've just described – are you seeing similar problems and challenges, or is everybody got just dealing with all different types of things? Is it are they all grasping and trying to figure it out together, or do you see different industries are way ahead in certain areas and vice versa?
1: Um, it's interesting because I, um, as a consultant, throughout my entire career, I've had a, an interesting uh, opportunity to compare how things used to be. Uh, versus how things are right now. You take logistics, for example. Um,
0: logistics,
1: uh, uh, you know, from the transoceanic type of distribution and transportation all the way down to trucking business and small trucking deliveries in the United States and Canada and Mexico, which is very much dependent on trucking. Um, you see how that industry specifically was. Um, uh, you know, the pendulum in that industry was swinging back and forth. Uh, first, with pandemic, with the COVID-19 pandemic, all of a sudden the entire industry stopped, right? We had, if you remember, if you recall, those pictures of containers piled up at the ports. And uh, obviously the entire trucking industry in the United States stopped as well, literally. And then um, it quickly adapted to... Um, to a different model, because we needed to, to have uh, you know uh, uh, wipes, uh, you know disinfectant wipes delivered locally, or we needed uh, fresh produce delivered locally. So all of a sudden, the uh, local trucking business got into you know farm to table, farm to uh, uh, supermarket deliveries, and so forth and so on. Um, uh, you know, waiting for the uh, the larger scale transoceanic. Um, uh, components to uh, to re- to be released and so forth. So um, in that sense, I see some traditional industries, and the reason I call them traditional is because they've been operating traditionally for many many years. Literally changing overnight, and we're seeing the same thing right now with military industry, for example, still an industry, right? Where a a push a, a major disruption such as war in Ukraine. Uh, literally brought the entire NATO bloc and countries involved, 50 plus countries, all of a sudden started investing into military, into defense, into technologies, surveillance, cybersecurity, and so forth and so on. I am very optimistic, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I look at the way that the pendulum is swinging back and forth. I'm looking at the fact that our markets, especially in the Western world, our markets are very much uh, flexible in the sense that they can contract, they can expand, depending on the situation, depending on the trend, depending on what's happening with the economies and geopolitical events, obviously. So I'm optimistic that we as humans and we as a planet will actually adapt to this um, development as well, right? So, yes, artificial intelligence, disruptions, war, and so forth and so on, Um, this shall pass as well. And I think we will come out of this with new opportunities, with new um, capabilities, with ways of changing traditional industries and companies, the way they operate. Yeah, it may take some time. It may take some, um, uh, some consolidation you know some may not survive as companies but in general i think we'll have no choice but to adapt and to take advantage of some of these uh, you know some of this tech some of these developments some of these uh, changes and so forth so i i, I want to be more on the optimistic side rather than pessimistic
0: i think that's a good place to be and look we've got to go back to the the buzzword that uh, chat gpt 4 yeah. Uh, the imminent launch at the time of, of recording and people are still coming to terms with the mind bending outputs that they're getting out of uh, GPT-3. Um, yes, there's a little bit of rough with the smooth. It's not always as good as you think, but it, it is, it is, fun- you, you touched on it earlier, Alex, it's fundamentally changing and starting to creep into the the tools, the products, the services, the very large organizations are rapidly rushing to implement AI into their service offerings. Um, it's not always getting it right. We've seen some high profile news cases where it's gone a little bit wrong, a little bit awry, and we're still in the infancy. But just as we just as we get into grasp with that, four comes along, video video comes along, people are doing wonderful things with mid-journey or stable diffusion. Or, you know, there's lots going on in this space. And looking at yes. it, we just put our CMO hats on for a moment. What's your viewpoint, your vantage point? Because it it really does change a lot of the heavy lifting potentially uh, that goes on in a lot of the sort of more creative or content output elements of of roles in companies.
1: I totally agree with you. And I think um, um, in that change, I think there will be a tremendous um, birth of other, let's call them mutated roles or roles that will be emerging, that will be um, uh, responsible for innovation, that will be responsible for um, different styles of management, resource management, people management, um, roles that are going to lead the way in terms of transforming the way companies will operate and and conduct business. you touched on the on the role of the chief marketing officer, uh, and as you, uh, you know you and I belong to the wonderful organization, Chief Marketing Officers Club, with a lot of um, peers that are uh, probably wondering what's going to happen next with that particular role. Uh, there will actually be an interesting event coming up in New York City. I'm going to be part of it that will discuss exactly that. We're going to conduct this event in uh, New York, London. In North Carolina. But what's um, uh, one thing I will mention about this role is that, yes, chief marketing officers, chief digital officers, chief data officers, chief revenue officers, all these roles are going to rethink how they conduct business, how they engage with customers, uh, whether it's going to be on Discord or TikTok, where they've never tried that before, or it's going to be through a um, Generating some new interesting models of their own using artificial intelligence and uh, integrating with uh, chat GPT, GPT four and on and on, or, uh, you know, Bing Chat or what have you. and uh, leveraging technologies rather than competing with them. It's silly for uh, for a lot of folks to be threatened, I think, by these technologies. Yes, uh, if you, I hate to say this, but if you were a mediocre editor or writer, um, then uh, possibly uh, that may be an issue. But if you're an entrepreneurial, great, wonderful, uh, professional, I think these tools are only going to help. They're not only going to help you individually, they're going to help the entire organizations. Yes, it will put a little bit of stress into those roles in terms of learning, in terms of uh, embracing new way of doing things, in terms of collaborating better with maybe technology organizations, um, with agencies, with uh, you know other you know, within the entire ecosystem. But um, that's what we're you know that's what humans are there for is to adapt to change to learn, to migrate, and to embrace change.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thanks, Alex. Um, So taking our CMO hats off for a minute, let's, let's talk a little bit, let's change gear a little bit and talk a little bit about you and your own particular learning style, if we can. There's so many tools, platforms, and opportunities out there to onboard information, to learn new things, to read or watch things for for business or for pleasure or just for interests and hobbies so when it comes to your own learning style are you a voracious reader do you pick up a book are you listening to podcasts or audio books are you searching youtube do you prefer meeting people in new york or, or whatever uh, for conversations how do you get new information how do you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening and how does that learning style work for you in this modern sort of way Um, Great
1: question, very challenging question for everybody, not just myself. Um, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, I try to do all of it. I try to do all of it as much as I possibly can. I love to read, I love to research. Um, I love to take some time off and, uh, you know, dream a little bit, right? Compare, definitely compare different channels of information. Um, and also talk to a lot of people. Um, I've been blessed and and been very lucky to uh, have accumulated a a vast global network of uh, very interesting people, entrepreneurs, professionals, executives, uh, investors, you know, and so forth. And uh, it's always great to be involved with those conversations, and not just via Zoom and via podcasts, but also by jumping on the plane and going over to Dublin, or going over to uh, Dubai, or going over to, um, you know, to Prague or or uh, Lisbon or what have you, and really listening to how everyone in a variety of different industries are adapting or revolutionizing in many cases, or transforming certain ways of doing things, uh, f- all the way from the products, all the way to industries. So yes, um, I would say all of the above. And unfortunately, there's not enough time in a day for all of it, right? So you have to be selective. You have to learn how to focus on certain things. We even have a slogan in in the global edge markets. When you grow, we help you focus, right? So it's it's an interesting uh, kind of a, a twist of words, interesting philosophy to say, well, when you grow, don't you need to embrace everything? Don't you need to go and tell everybody? No. You don't have to. So you really have to, it puts a little bit of pressure on you to decide what you want to focus on, to decide how you want to research information so that you focus on the right stuff for, you know, for your company, for yourself and so forth. But focusing is going to be key. It's going to be absolutely key for all of us because only, in, only by focusing on certain areas of value whether you want to bring value to, um, you know, in the area of sustainability, if you want to bring value in the area of diversity, and bring your entire brand into into that uh, into that field, into that area, and uh, transform and revolutionize the company to invest into those uh, into those uh, initiatives, um, you have to focus, right? So yes, with every every channel available to us, all the information that's available to us. I think tools like AI tools like ChatGPT and uh, Bing Search and what have you actually help us focus um, because they give us the opportunity to research things in a much faster way and make decisions much much faster.
0: Yeah, I really like that, Alex. I like that a lot because that word "focus." Um, when I think back to large organizations that you know I've been part of, where We've scaled very quickly. you know revenues have increased dramatically. we've we've gone international. things are really working well. Without that focus that you're sort of lasered in on there, you, you know you can often make some of the more fundamental or, or important sort of wrong decisions. you make that you know you make mistakes when things are going well as, as well and you think everything's going well, but it's because you're doing so well, it sort of covers up some of those mistakes for a little while. And quite often without that focus that you're talking about while you're scaling, while you're growing, and maybe while things are going exceptionally well, you can make mistakes that may only be a degree or two off track. But when things start to go wrong a little bit, some of that comes back on you, doesn't it? And you start to really realize that maybe you didn't focus on some of those important areas as much as you should because other things were going really, really well. Totally agree.
1: Totally agree. Yeah.
0: So, look, let's move it on again. Let's talk a little bit about uh, people that you know. You mentioned, you know, we're both part of the CMO Club, a very well-known, prestigious organization around the world. There's many leading CMOs from many of the world's largest and, you know, well-known brands and organizations, but when it comes to people that you admire throughout your career, throughout your life, there must be people that have given you a help and a hand that have inspired you, that motivate you, people that you look up to, and if not anybody that you want to mention in particular, maybe it's a particular type of person or character trait that you admire. Mm.
1: Starting Global Edge Talk, the podcast, which by the way, I will be
0: extremely
1: excited to interview you as well. Um, because I consider you a global entrepreneur. Uh, But starting um, Global Edge Talk uh, and dedicating that podcast to global entrepreneurs on the edge and having the edge, right? Um, I uh, had a a distinct pleasure of talking to a variety of folks globally, whether it's a former president of Apple Europe who um, um, retired and um, opened a wonderful accelerator in the south of France. Or it is an entrepreneur in Israel who um, uh, had to battle uh, cancer and was still able to overcome that and give back to the community and build uh, a a tremendous business and support a number of different initiatives there. Or somebody who who was in in, uh, Thailand who decided to invest into helping farmers Um, you know, get their crops and get their products out to market faster. Or somebody in Egypt who, uh, a woman in Egypt who decided that she wanted to create a platform and a way for the day laborers um, who are working on construction sites in in, uh, Dubai and uh, in uh, Israel and, uh, you know, all over the world to uh, help them manage their uh, day-to-day activities and so forth. That spirit of entrepreneurship, that uh, value add, that uh, tremendous amount of um, incredible uh, innovation that sometimes or most of the time comes out of need rather than want um, always uh, impressed the heck out of me. And, um, you know, I can't, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I can't really name one individual because they were all amazing and wonderful. So right, uh, yeah. I want Great. to celebrate uh, the, un, the global entrepreneur in all parts of the world who, uh, who is thinking about, first and foremost, bringing value to their constituents or bringing value to the entire world. And I think that's what is going to drive us as a, as a, as a planet forward. Uh, that level of entrepreneurship, that level of innovation, that level of positive impact that allows us to overcome bad things like war, like pandemics, you know, and so forth. Uh, that's what I would probably say impresses the, the, um, the heck out of me in terms of individuals who are making this change.
0: Yeah, I like that. Thank you, Alex, for sharing that insight. Um, <laughs> And what about advice? Again, leading on from that question, there must be advice that you've picked up along the way that you feel is really important, or if not, I'm sure there's advice that you share with people that you, you could share here with our audience today that you think is it's one of those sort of gems that, that people need to maybe focus on a little bit more. Uh, I like that, gems. <laughs> yeah. um, advice.
1: Um, I always... Um, look at myself, when I talk to young startups, for example, or for that matter, startups who may not be young, but very experienced, I always uh, remember myself 20, 30 years ago and um, have this um, interesting out-of-body experience. What would I say to Alex of 20, 30 years ago? What type of advice would I give him? And what comes to mind are you know two or three things that I would also share with the rest of the audience. We talked about one, focus, very important because we can easily get, our minds can easily get scattered especially with the level of information and technology and innovation that's coming at us at a speed of light. The, the other one is don't overcomplicate things. Try to simplify things as much as you can. You know, I, I had a, an opportunity to work with some amazing UI UX uh, experts and designers, and I'm just amazed at how um, they think through different client journeys, On you know, when they're you know, helping build a platform or a marketplace or something like that, and how they have to literally um, simplify things and bring things to one visual and visualize it in terms of that experience, right? So I would say, try to simplify as much as you can. Um, I always say to companies and to individuals, entrepreneurs, founders, um, think of the audience first and foremost, think of how they perceive you, spend a lot of time in front of the mirror and try to reflect on what you're saying and how you're saying this and how you're communicating. And play a little um, exercise, do a little exercise. Try to describe your company or your career for that matter, your personal brand in seven words or less. Okay, maybe you can do 10 words, but try to go with seven. I like the number seven. And actually, you can even look it up on YouTube, uh, a similar type of an exercise. And you'll be amazed how much that exercise is going to force you to think through what you're trying to say to the, to the rest of the world. You'll be amazed at how uh, your brain is going to force you to simplify things, to, to uh, integrate them into descriptive, you know, short uh, communications that describes you fully. And then you're gonna pull another piece in and then you're gonna, oh, wait, I forgot about that. And I forgot about that. And all of a sudden, you're going to create something that is going to be simple, that is going to be all-encompassing, and that is going to tell your story, right? So pay attention to storytelling. It's extremely important. We're still, you know, one thing that programmers don't understand and don't know how to do sometimes is tell their own story, right? And that's what marketers like you and I and many others that we know and salespeople as well uh, can do very very well, and that's extremely important.
0: That's great advice. Thank you, Alex. Um, and look, as we we sort of coming towards the end of our time here today on this episode, but I do want to squeeze in a couple of questions. One is, as you look forward over the next six, nine, twelve months, what does that roadmap look like for you? What are you hoping to achieve? Have you got any goals on the horizon, or do you look even further out than that? How does that work for you from a planning and year ahead type perspective?
1: Um, We're going to continue on the consulting piece. We will continue with GEM to bring value to uh, founders, investors, corporate mavericks, product managers, and so forth. Uh, There's a lot of great stuff ahead of us in terms of discovery, in terms of optimization. A lot of companies are looking to save, uh, are looking to optimize, are looking to... you know, contribute to their uh, specific segments in a certain way. We're also building, I can't talk too much about this, but we're also building a product. We're building a platform. The platform will do exactly that. It will create a wonderful marketplace. It will be AI based. It will have the artificial intelligence components and will it will not necessarily revolutionize the interaction between all the different groups, but it will certainly Help accelerate the path to success. I call it acceleration, accelerating path to success. Whatever that success may be, whether it's raising funds or um, uh, enhancing the product roadmap for a large organization, or adding some interesting functions and features uh, to a product or create you know creating products that that are sustainable, that are great for the environment, uh, or what have you, right? or investing in the smart way investing with some level of predictability so that we don't have um you know bad situations out there with um you know with due diligence failures or something like that so uh this year is going to be quite busy next year i'm sure it's going to be busy as well but i'm hoping that there will be peace this year that we that the war will end i'm hoping that um we will have a good handle on how to uh, contribute to the society in the way that um, everybody can can be proud of, you know, whether it's large corporations or individuals. And I'm hoping that the ecosystem of uh, capitalism, the ecosystem of the way the economy works and the way that business is conducted will also be optimized to be more inclusive, to be more inclusive of those who were displaced, to be more inclusive of those who may not have the skill, to be more inclusive of those who are in need. That's what my hope is for. But we're gonna be doing our little part to contribute to all of that. And uh, we're gonna be keeping busy in
0: uh, making sure
1: that at least you know, whatever we can impact will be very positive change.
0: Yeah, it's, it sounds like a very interesting six, nine, 12 months ahead. And no doubt, you'll still be hopping on planes and visiting people all over the world.
1: Undoubtedly. I'm actually planning a trip to Poland already later this month to meet with um, entrepreneurs, to meet with uh, investors, to meet with um, you know wonderful accelerators. And uh, my uh, Polish-Lithuanian grandmother is going to be very pleased.
0: Very good, Alex. Well, look. As we come to the end here today, there's only one more thing I want to ask you. And that's obviously, if there's any other area or topic that I haven't raised or that we haven't talked about today that you'd like to bring to the attention of our worldwide audience. And also, and importantly, if people want to get in touch and find out more about Global Edge Marketing, about the podcast, about all this wonderful uh, work that you're involved in, and no doubt this new uh, product or platform that seems to be coming down the tracks Where's the best place to send people to? Um, our website,
1: globaledgemarkets.com. I'll provide some additional information. You can also email us at info at globaledgemarkets.com. And um, check out our podcast. Certainly check out this podcast. I think it was a it was a good one. And I appreciate your uh, time, Simon, and uh, give us the giving us the attention. But uh, I'll be happy to provide some additional information in terms of uh, what we can offer and uh, where we're located.
0: Well, look, that's perfect. That brings us nicely to the end of this episode today on the Global Discussion. So thank you to Alex for joining me. Thanks to everybody listening or watching to this episode around the world. Um, Please like, follow, subscribe, do everything that I need you to do to help support this podcast. And I hope you'll join me back here for some more discussions with creatives leaders and thinkers so thank you Alex it's been a pleasure to talk to you today the pleasure was mine